By downloading or listening to this podcast, you are agreeing to Moody's legal terms and conditions found at moody's.com slash disclaimer, including that the information provided is not investment or financial advice, and that Moody's will not be liable for losses arising from your use of the information. Welcome to Moody's Talks, KYC Decoded. I'm your host, Alex Pillow, and this episode is presented by Moody's Analytics. A quick disclaimer. By downloading or listening to this podcast, you are agreeing that the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the policies, views or positions of Moody's Corporation and its affiliates. So, after covering the origin stories of Orbis, Grid, Passport and Company, Today, we're taking a look at the Moody's Analytics KYC unit and why it was set up with Moody's Analytics veteran and KYC GM, Keith Berry. Uh, hi, Keith. I think you're fresh off the plane back from New York, basically. How was it? It was good. Yeah. Nice uh, fall weather in uh, in the US. Yeah. And you're pretty used to that now, so the jet lag doesn't matter anymore, right? Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. We've always been covering the respective stories of the, the businesses that Moody's acquired between 2017 and start of 2022. But what I wanted to ask you was, when exactly did Moody's decide to make the move to form a whole unit around compliance and KYC? Yeah, so I think that really happened. So it happened gradually and then all at once, I guess. So we, um, after we acquired Bureau Van Dyke back in 2017, um, Com- the compliance business was the fastest growing use case that, okay. that was the, the BVD Orbis data was really being used for. And uh, so that was an area of focus. Um, but then really in 2021, we did a, a reorganization of Moody's Analytics. It was called Project Advance. And out of that, we created a new operating unit specifically to focus on on KYC and compliance and, and really take advantage of that fastest growing uh, piece of, 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 of what we'd seen with all this. Yeah. Okay. And for yourself, you know, I've described you in my intro as a Moody's veteran. Um, <laughs> how did you get involved yourself in this bit of the business? Because I mean, there's so many things going on. How, how and why were, were you involved? So, it, you know, it was, it was kind of an interesting journey. Careers at Moody's you know, especially for those of us who've been here a number of years, tend to have all sorts of interesting diversions and, and, and junctions. And I'd actually been leading a group that we called the Moody's Analytics Accelerator for about five or six years. And that was really our innovation group. And we were an innovation group with a, with a bit of a difference in that we had a goal to kind of create new products. It wasn't just a lab doing experimentation, we were really trying to develop a new generation of, of products for Moody's Analytics. And we did a lot of work around AI and machine learning. We developed a product that was called, that is called QuickSpread today and has, has been pretty successful about using AI and machine learning to spread co- company financials. And strangely enough, after Bureau Van Dyke had been acquired, we were sat, that team that I was leading the accelerator team was actually sat beside uh, the Bureau Van Dyke team in the New York City office. And they, they started learning about some of what we were doing with AI and machine learning and were, started talking to us about, could we build 
some capabilities around adverse media using using our AI kind of technologies that we've been developing. And we really built out the first AI machine learning kind of center of excellence from within that accelerator group. Okay. And that, that became quite a significant uh, group of people. And so we started working with that, with that BVD team on, on, you know, how, how to bring in adverse media, how to match it up to the Orbis company information. And, and that was really, the, that was really the start of us doing more organic work around, around KYC. Um, RDC came along uh, from an acquisition point of view, and we realized they'd been doing this for a lot longer than it, we had. There were some actually some very complementary aspects to the work we'd been doing uh, with AI and machine learning, but we were taking a different approach. RDC were building profiles and had profiles going back to the early 2000s. So I was part of that acquisition um, kind of due diligence thinking about whether RDC was a good fit and and that really superseded that that AI AI work but that was really you know part of my learning uh, about the KYC business as I, as I kind of went through that journey and then you know I've been doing that role about 5 to 6 years leading the accelerator so it was a good good time for a change as we yeah. were creating a new unit it's interesting. It's kind of an inorganic story, obviously, with an acquisition, but it's happened very organically and it almost speaks to the benefit of occasionally being in the office, that fact you were sitting with the PPD guys and start talking about it without there being a meeting or a formal strategy, and then it becomes one. Um, yeah, that's sort of fascinating. For you personally, I mean, working and heading an innovation unit sounds like the most exciting job in terms of newness. Was it just that time for a change you mentioned that made leading a KYC unit more exciting and, and worth the change? Or was there any more in your thinking when you decided to make that move? I think it was, yeah, I, I you know, I've been with Moody's for more than 15 years and I've, I've done multiple roles and tend to like, you know, doing new, new things or new things to, from the, from a company perspective. And so it felt like a good time to transition, uh, as we were having a fairly large reorganization. Um, and, you know, that we did believe there was a, a really strong case that KYC was going to be one of the deep currents, right? We worked with a, with a major consulting firm when we did what we call Project Advance and one of their, you know, recommendations. And I, I think it, it, it's fairly um, obvious, but you need to be, working in areas with deep currents. So we identified the KYC compliance area as an area where we felt there was a, a deep current where there was a lot happening and, um, and that made it a, a good growth area. And I definitely enjoy uh, growing, growing businesses and, and, and the growth opportunities. That yeah, absolutely. For those that are uninitiated to uh, strategy decks, current sort of just means trend, right? But in yeah. fancier language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> we, we do find different ways to talk about the same things a lot in business, right? It's quite, it's quite fun. When you think about each of the acquisitions in turn, and bear in mind, we've obviously done an episode deep dive on each from the people that founded on or led parts of those businesses. But from your perspective on the Moody side, what was sort of your perspective on BBD then? then RDC and then, then Passport and then Company. Could you sort of give a line or two on each? Yeah, so I mean, BVD and the, and the acquisition of, of really what's now Orbis has, has really changed the shape of Moody's Analytics, right? That was very transformational 
in terms of taking us into this new place where we have data on really more companies than anybody else in the world and all the ownership information and, and everything that goes with it. So that, that was really a fairly transformational change for us as an organization. It also started to really grow the Moody's analytics business beyond the pure financial services space and into the corporates and into the government space that, that is now growing very quickly for us as a, as a company today. RDC was very much, a, I guess, what we like to call a, a bolt-on. So it was a set of capabilities that really added to that um, KYC hypothesis that there's something happening in the KYC space. There's, there's you know, regulatory changes. There's, there's and and it's a good good place to to be building out a business. And it was very attractive as a SaaS-based business, but also with some really unique data assets. And then, you know, from there, I think. I think one of the things we tend to do well at Moody's Analytics is, and part of what I would call our secret sauce, is really we always combine data with analytics and with software. And we find that the software really brings everything together and embeds us into customers' workflows, and that makes our data products very sticky. It makes our analytics uh, very easy to use. And so really with, with the combination of, of all this and, and what we now call GRID, the RDC product, we had a lot of really best-in-class data, um, but we really lacked a flexible, configurable workflow to bring that together for customers. And so that led us down the path of, um, of looking at, you know, do, did we build or did we buy uh, an end-to-end flexible workflow solution in the KYC compliance space? And we spent you know, a good few months really exploring both options, looking at various potential acquisition targets and ultimately ended up uh, moving forward with Passport. And then one of the other things that had actually bubbled up, interestingly, all the way back um, in those accelerator days, we actually used to run some innovation competitions. And uh, one of the Bureau Van Dyke salespeople uh, had a whole innovation idea about, again, using some of the AI technology to really get registry data and, and, and particularly documents because we were hearing from some of the KYC customers that they needed real proof of um, from directly from the registers to be able to use the data as primary source. And, and so that, that you know, topic had, had come up. And so that was another area that we, that we really felt would, would help really give us best in class set of capabilities and and that that led us to company and 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 I think we've heard the origin story around company so <laughs> yeah, company that, fitted that that perfect so the wine and the tennis ball was the uh, origin yes. story of company that was my favorite bit from uh, Pete and Johanna just a, a quick aside um you mentioned build versus buy how, how do you typically think about that question you know obviously we've been working on KOC for a few years now but in general how do you think about it because got an engineering background so you probably know the build better than most business leaders yes yeah i you know it's always it's always tricky i think um if you're trying to acquire in a in a space that's fast moving you know if you're starting from scratch it's going to take you several years to build and and one of the big challenges you've got to think about is the rest of the market's going to be moving at the same time so um so you're really you're trying to catch up and 
everybody else is is moving kind of alongside you. And, and, and one of the things that we'd really seen, I think, in the KYC space, how did we know it was a, a deep current or something that the market, there was a lot of activity in the market. We were seeing a lot of VC funding into startups that were doing end-to-end workflow solutions. So we knew there was a market there. There was, uh, you know, and we knew VCs and private equity had the same hypothesis as us. But, you know, to build something from scratch, you were looking at least a two or three year timeline. And then all of those players who were getting funding would also be continuing to build. So So it was really about the choice to acquire in that case was really about accelerating what would have had to be a, a, a build process for ourselves and, and having something in the market sooner than we could have done by yeah. building from scratch. Yeah, so that, that time to market being the, the key Correct. key variable. You've obviously put together these businesses or, and continue to do so. Has there been any sort of aha moments, as they're sometimes called, when, when you've been putting the unit and progressing it towards the vision? I think, is that an aha moment for me? or for, yeah. <laughs> Well, what, have there been any aha moments along the way? Yeah, for, well, for yourself, but then also if, if you've seen them in others, then I'm still keen to hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think a big part of, of, of the journey for us all has been getting everybody to think about themselves as, as one unit, right? And I, I think one of the most challenging things about any acquisition and I've been through a few in, a, in my time at Moody's, is, is getting everybody aligned that the mission isn't necessarily the mission of the company they worked for in the past, but it, it's of the unit that they're now part of, and that's part of, of Moody's. And I think we, we spent a lot of time really working with the teams. And, and what was interesting is both company and, and Passport were acquired in very similar time. So I think that's really the first time we've done two acquisitions into one unit at pretty much the same time. So we had an awful lot of work to do around how, around the integration, but particularly I, I think around the culture's importance. So how do you get people to still feel like they're innovating, still feel like they're, they're part of a, a kind of startup, fast-growing, agile business, but at the same time all move towards this new vision that's not necessarily just about their product, but about the whole suite of products that, that we're putting together. And I think, uh, you know, I think that's actually, it takes time. Um, and we, we tried to accelerate it. And I think in some cases we, we managed, uh, we did a lot of work around culture, around understanding the cultures of the, the various organizations coming together. We infused some Moody's talent from elsewhere in the Moody's organization. But really a lot of the people I'd come from these different acquisitions. And so, so kind of building that culture, building that trust and, and getting people working together is really being key. And then I think sort of magic stuff starts to happen. So we have a, a new product that's launching this, this quarter called the Entity Verification API, which is really a combination of the company capabilities with the Orbis data and it, you know, in a very short order and, and the grid screening information. And, you know, that's really been put together by a, a team of people who didn't know each other two year, two and a bit years ago. And I think that's where it, it, that's maybe not just the aha moment, but the stuff that actually I, I really enjoy seeing happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, vision and culture are interesting because 
it's one thing to have it, but you have to remember every individual has their own interpretation of words and images and whatever training you give them. And I always remember, remember when, we, when I was part of one of the acquired companies, it was actually, oh, cool, we get to do bigger stuff. But that's individual to me who likes big vision, big concept, what, want to go compete against other players in the market. Whereas if you're someone who wants to dominate a niche, it's a bigger jump. Yep. Um, so now it's, it's, I'm pleased you sort of talked about culture as the key thing. Cause I think a lot of people talk about tech and the data and whatever, but none of it works if you don't have the people yep. on the side. So pivoting from sort of your perspective and people in the business, you spend a lot of time with customers. How have they reacted to Moody's movement into the compliance and KYC space? Obviously Moody's is famous for credit risk primarily do a number of other things, but specifically KYC and compliance, what have you seen the reaction be and has that changed over over time? Yeah, I think generally a really positive reaction. I mean, Moody's as a, a brand has a really strong brand, particularly in particularly in in the kind of finance side of organizations. So, you know, even within corporations, it it's usually the CFO and the treasury groups who, you know, think about debt funding and and issuing mm. bonds and you know the moody's name is is obviously synonymous with that um and one of the things i learned actually earlier on in in my career at moody's when i was i was doing research on another acquisition we made is one of the great powers of the moody's name is you can basically call up anybody and they'll they'll take a meeting and and talk to you and and i think that really speaks to the the power of of the brand so i think Nobody had, um, I think people understand where we're going now, this concept of integrated risk assessments. And, and it's really this fact that, you know, who you're doing business with is, is really just another dimension. There's, there's really all these different dimensions of risk today. And Moody's has got more than a hundred year history in the idea of, you know, is that, is someone going to pay you back credit risk? Right. Uh, but we can now bring all these other dimensions, to, like helping you understand who that company is, who their owners are, who their directors are, who, you know, is there any adverse media? Is anybody politically exposed? Is anybody sanctioned in their ownership structure? Um, and that feels quite a natural kind of step, I think. And then, you know, beyond that, we can start bringing things like, climate risk information into if we know where a physical location is, we can start bringing cyber risk data. Uh, we have information on, on internet domains, working with a partner that we can bring into the, the whole decisioning really of, am I going to do business with this company or, yeah. or individual actually in the case of grid and, and, you know, and, you know, are they going to pay me back? And is it somebody that I want to from a reputational risk and from a, so I think that, I think that story is actually resonating quite well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the other thing we hear quite a lot is people are kind of fatigued by the number of providers in the space because it is, has been fragmented or is fragmented. So somebody putting that together in a sensible way is, is massively helpful. Yeah. The, the question frame is always good. I did like a, I think there was a customer who's speaking at one of the Moody's summits recently, I said, can I do the business? Should I do the business? And as you say, will they pay me back? Um, and just sort of putting it into that means that regardless of what your silo is, if you work for an organization, then you can kind of understand that, that framing. And I, I think it's, it's about the deep integration of all those capabilities together, right? I think 
if you think about the world of knowledge work, right? Mm. There's a lot of a lot of people spend a lot of time plugging information into different systems and getting slightly different results because those results don't match up, right? And if if all you've got is a company name or, or a person's name, that's a very there's a million companies out there with orange or orange in their yeah, yeah. in their name, right? And are you looking for the telecoms company or are you looking for a cafe somewhere in Paris? Mm. And and it's, you know, I think the power of what we're doing is pulling all that together once. And really once you've matched that company or even that individual the first time, then from that point on, you, there's really no false positives. You're really... Mm building everything off that foundation of, of, of understanding who that organization is. And is that the thing that, yeah, you know, I was going to ask, how do you expect the unit to evolve? But is that really it? It's achieving that vision you just laid out of risk data, entity resolved, delivered with smart analytics in a software tool? I think that's a, a starting point, right? I think there's a lot more we can do around, you know, where I think where everything's heading is uh, perpetual. So the concept of perpetual KYC or perpetual monitoring of your customers or your mm. suppliers. So can, there's enough data out there in the in the world now that you should know if something changes. Yeah. Uh, did a, I mean, did a supplier get sanctioned? Did a customer get sanctioned would be a, an extreme example, but but it obviously happens. And in the last couple of years, we've seen a, a lot of ha- happening around that. Um, but also in, you know, if, if we think about the future, pulling in kind of transactional behavior into that, is an interesting area, right? Does a suspicious transaction mean you want to relook at that whole customer and and re understand re risk assess them? I think we're really just getting started with building really interesting analytics on top of the massive data estate that we've got. Uh, things like what we're calling a shell company indicator, where we've done a lot of data science and. Uh, work on top of our, our data set and really identified things that could potentially indicate a shell company or a fraudulent company. So I think there's a lot we can do to keep layering on interesting capabilities that should make kind of the risk and compliance function more easier, right? If I, th- if I think about it, risk and compliance, the goal is to, how do you onboard a customer or a supplier uh, as smoothly as possible, right? 99 plus percent of people are, are good actors, uh, and but you want to definitely catch the 1% that are the bad actors. And if we can make it as easy as possible to to streamline the, the onboarding of the, of the good actors, but still catch the bad actors or even more of them, then then that's really the, the definition of success. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's when you catch them as well, right? Because it's one thing to have the data and connected the perpetual bit talks to the cadence. Yep. And then there's also the shell company indicator is a good example of that starts to be more about preventing crime by asking the right questions at the right time. Whereas normally you'd find out about the crime once it happened on the transaction side. Correct. But why wait? Um, so that's, that's, that's really interesting. I'm pleased to hear we're doing more, more around that. Maybe just a, a last question that leads naturally on. Lots of things that are happening that you've just mentioned, but is there any one particular thing you're you're most excited for in the, the future of the business unit? Wow, it's tough to come up with with one because I, I, <laughs> I think I think there's so many. Uh, I think we've got a whole bunch of product launches that are happening right now. 
Um, I think we've got a lot of work, um, you know, things like the Shell Company indicator, things like our sanctions 360 solution, uh, things like some of our bulk data feeds. Um, and then we've really got a lot coming together in what we think of as the platform, right? So very much we think about, we're thinking about the business as a, as a platform business where if you buy any of the capabilities, you're really going to get the platform. And then the, the power of the platform is we can easily then help you with any of the other challenges just by turning on extra capabilities. So, so you know, really taking these, what was historically a set of individual products from different companies and turning them into a, a end-to-end platform. That, yeah. Which I suppose all the things we're talking about kind of goes to what uh, Catherine Kern and Chris Bailey did the work on the mission statement, right? Transform risk yep. and compliance. Yep. It's not necessarily, yes, we want to stop bad actors. Yes, there's lots of crime. We want to stop it. But the way that we help is is changing how this is done in the private sector, particularly. Obviously, we work with uh, government orgs as well, but uh, that probably probably sums it up pretty nicely. So good job, marketing. <laughs> um, Keith, thanks very much for, for coming in. I'm sure we'll have you back for other topics in the future. But uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed learning a bit more about the origin of the unit and, and hearing your perspective on it. Perfect. Thanks, Alex. So that concludes our KYC Decoded Origin series. For now, at least. Who knows what new innovations and growth organically or inorganically might bring. If this has prompted any questions about Moody's Analytics KYC and compliance business, then feel free to message me on LinkedIn. I'll do my best to answer or at the very least connect you with the right person. Remember, if you enjoyed this episode and you haven't yet listened to the other origin stories, then download them now. There are some really great tales told and the guests that we had on for each were awesome. Thanks to Keith for coming on, to producers Lexi Fox-Mills, Caroline Waters and Mark Rundle, and thank you again for listening. Thanks for listening to this Moody's Talks podcast. To find out more about the topics discussed, please follow the links in the show notes. You can check out other Moody's Talks podcasts by visiting moody's.com slash podcasts.